Welcome everyone to Scaring Sam. Ah! <laughs> I'm James. And I'm Sam. And this week we're discussing Lord Have Mercy, the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. All because, well, look at your calendar to work out why. <laughs> so, here's the plot. A whole bunch of dumbass young adults decide to camp out at the one place Jason Voorhees lives. And of course, one by one, they get picked off. That's it, really. Simple. <laughs> and unlike other horror movies we've covered so far, it took very little persuasion to get Sam on board. All I had to do was mention that Dean from Gilmore Girls was in it. <laughs> and Sam was like, oh my god. Except I literally was. <laughs> So, yeah, so before we started actually watching this, I was wondering if there was, this was going to scare me. Recently, we have watched a few films that have, yeah, they've made me jumped, um, but I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for a film that's going to make me hide behind my hands, like how I was watching Ghost Watch from back when we did episode five. So we started to watch this film, and what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Sam? What? That, that just summarises the, just the whole section before we get the title screen. So we have a beheading to start. If I hadn't just seen the beheading, I would have been like, oh, cool, it's like a, a group of young adults like going for a, a hike. Like, great, fantastic. Me and James like to go walking and stuff. We love going out in nature. So I was like, yeah, cool. Obviously, I knew this is a horror. Because <laughs> James told me. So then the group is sitting around a fire. It's the dead of night. And what better way to tell a local story a stone's throw away from where the incident actually happened? Why? <laughs> the plot demands it. Of course. So then I'm deciding, okay, well, who's going to die first? I just picked out the single guy. Like, he's all on his own. The other two have gone off to shack up, you know. Then I'm guessing that the redhead, Whitney, survives. Well, because she's the only one with character. But then, yeah, of course, the single guy gets killed off really quickly. I'm thinking, okay, this is a rather quick film. But they're already getting killed off, like, just like that. And then we get our first glimpse of the house. Apparently now the Voorhees house is right by Camp Crystal Lake. Mm. And then there's this mysterious fog. Why is there always fog, James? Seriously. Atmosphere. <laughs> but just, like, out of nowhere. And it's just, like, in this one little section... But yeah, so we've had the first guy die, and then one of his friends gets his ankle caught in the bear trap. That was nasty. I didn't like that bit. Because apparently Jason now uses trap. He did have a few to round up, didn't he? Um, and Amanda's death, that wasn't realistic. Come on. You wouldn't die that quickly over a fire. Death by fire is like torture. It's a long way to go. Yeah, she only had like first degree burns. Yeah. So but, she wouldn't have died that quickly. But she was only there to slap her ass and get her breasts out. That's all she was there for, for the male gaze. Yeah, good summary for that one. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, I just call them all fucktards in this film. Whitney's boyfriend. Mike 
Mike, yeah, that sounds about right. He gets stabbed through the flooring of the house. That made me jump. Um, and he died rather quickly too. And then I realised that's just the opening. So lots of people have died. We don't see what happens to Whitney. At that point, I assume she's been killed as well. Well, this film is so desperate to make Jason's backstory plausible, it not only crams in the plots of parts one to four of the original franchise, ruining the killer twist of part one for Sam in the first <laughs> five minutes. Surprise, Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mum, was the original killer. Yeah, because I haven't seen the other ones, have I? So Yeah, but then it also falls upon the spectacled fucktard to squeeze out one massive exposition dump around the campfire with an example of some seriously forced writing. Hey everyone, let me tell you the story of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. And then he gets killed off because he served his part in the story. And I cannot overlook that all this cannon fodder in the movie are all good looking. It's like watching Riverdale. Literally this batch drinks, does drugs and have sex. That's the extent of their character development. And speaking of Jason, he's a bigger mummy's boy now than Norman Bates. Norman only left his mum's corpse in the basement. Jason has now dedicated an entire shrine to her severed head. <laughs> yeah, that freaked me out when that, when that got pulled out. I was like, what the fuck? Well, he thought it was a dog, so he was already like, oh no. Yeah, I was actually. I really don't like dolls, do I? <laughs> but fair dues, Pamela Voorhees did attempt to take out her warped vengeance against those who wronged her son, would your mum do the same? Well, I don't actually understand what's what's happened. So at the beginning, all I'm seeing is... Some crazy lady some with crazy a machete. Some crazy lady saying that her son's been drowned or something. Yeah, so... And then she's killing a few kids. So the original Friday 13th, this bunch of camp counsellors were meant to be looking out for her son who had disabilities or something, they're not specific. They were all doing drugs and having sex, weren't paying attention, and he allegedly died by drowning. But he wasn't dead. He came back. So they, they didn't find the body then? Yeah, and in this film, they suggest that Jason was just watching in the woods to see her mum get her head chopped off. Great. Because he just came over, didn't he? picked up her severed head or took her machete. But coming back to my question, would your mum take out vengeance upon you? I don't think she's that way inclined. Well, I don't think my mum would. Do you know her nickname for me? No. <laughs> and speaking of fart noises, this was another horror remake from Platinum Dunes, Michael Bay's production company. In the early noughties, Platinum Dunes remade the Texas Chainsaw Massacre... The Amateurville Horror, The Hitcher, Friday the 13th, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because, you know, money. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of Michael Bay, he allegedly walked out of the premiere of this film because there was too much sex. Talk about being a hypocrite. All his movies, the female characters are reduced to solely being two-dimensional sex objects. They're practically sex dolls amongst explosions. That's a good way of summing up these movies. Sex dolls and explosions. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the film, all this happens before the title sequence. And now we have to deal with another bunch of irritating fucktards. 
Their little leader is Trent, who is clearly the jock. And the annoying one. They're all annoying. The most annoying one. I can't even remember any of the other ones, so yeah, maybe he is the most irritating. <laughs> Seeing as this film relishes in stereotypes and cliches, let's sum up some of the horror stereotypes, shall we? We have the antagonistic or useless cop, the jock, the bad girl, the token who adds diversity to the cast, the sexy couple, the hysteric, and of course, our favourite, the final girl. And when, well, the second batch of irritating stereotypes <laughs> introduced, the audience and Sam is also introduced to her beloved Dean. Oh yes. Hello, Dean. I mean, Sam. I mean, actually, Jared Padalecki. <laughs> What's his character's name in this? <laughs> Clay, I think. Right, okay. I'm just, just going to call him Dean. Yeah, just call him Dean. It's easier to remember. <laughs> Let's do this, shall we? Welcome to the first entry of... Long Hair Man Appreciation Society. Hmm. He's also riding a motorcycle. Ooh la la. Yeah, ticking some boxes for me. Well, you know, on screen. Well, it's a little bit unfair because I can't get away with this. If I did long-legged lady, <laughs> I'd be considered a misogynistic pig. This is a one-way road and you are taking advantage of it. No, I appreciate some long legs. One ladies? Yeah, why not? You've got to have tall, long-legged men with long hair and long-legged ladies. What am I talking about? I've got all Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the film then. So Dean's like knocking from door to door. He then comes across... We should add he's looking for his sister, Whitney... Mm-hmm. And I do like the inclusion that the locals know of Jason's existence, but leave him well alone. It's only idiot tourists who get picked off. That's a nice touch. Oh, yeah, because there's this random old lady that just says Jason wants to be left alone. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the tip, lady. Yeah, but when it's convenient for the plot, Jason suddenly kills a local redneck who apparently lost his virginity to a mannequin. Oh, because that's it. He was a hoarder as well, and he had the hockey mask. The iconic hockey mask he needed to complete his look. Well, of course. Well, Jason needed to go and find that mask, didn't he? So where did this mask come from? Like, why a hockey mask, James? Because on Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D, some guy on set was a big hockey fan, and he pulled out his hockey mask, and the director liked the look of it. That's how Jason got his mask, because he couldn't possibly wear a sack on his head again. Okay, so before that he was wearing a sack on his head. Yeah, and before that he was Frog Boy, who jumped out of the lake at the end of the film. Okay, so the majority of this film, then we're seeing him with a, a sack over his head. He had a sack head. on his head. And then he finds this mask. Yeah. There's nothing really... There's no reason. No reason it's why. It's just because it's Friday the 13th mask. and Jason needs to have the hockey mask lazy nostalgias like <laughs> this film is filled with stereotypes and cliches and it's just there to make money that's it oh what's a big franchise that's going to draw in an established audience friday 13th and then they have to come up with all these convoluted ideas how to bring in all the iconic stuff but it's very inconsistent how territorial he is somehow they managed to build this massive lake house without getting killed 
I guess maybe he was building his underground bunker at the time. <laughs> Who knew Jason Voorhees was a doomsday prepper? <laughs> you sound slightly irritated by this. Because this film sucks. <laughs> it's not even enjoyable in a campy way. It's just lazy throughout. So they've just got a list of stereoty- stereotypical things to have in a horror film and gone, yep, okay, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that. We've got to establish who Jason is and why he kills and we've got to cram this all in into this massive intro before the title sequence even begins, which, what, lasts half an hour? Oh, no, I don't think it was that long. Maybe like 15. Felt that long. Yeah. So not only do you have to deal with one batch of fucktars to get killed <laughs> off, you've got to deal with two. And they don't have, don't bother to put any form of character development in them, except for Trent is a bro jock who also wants to keep his dad's lake house clean. And that's the extent of his character development. And then you got... And then he has a really nice girlfriend, but he cheats on his girlfriend. Oh, of course, because you're not supposed to have sympathy for his character. And then his friends are just a bunch of weed smokers who tick off the diversity off the list. And then all the women, but Whitney and Jenna, are all a bunch of two-dimensional sex objects. The makers of this film constantly make convenient excuses to get their breasts out. Yeah, there was there was a lot of breast shot and butt shots as well. Like when, um, I can't remember her character's name, when she's dancing oh, and drinking. Dirty Blonde, let's call her that. Yeah, okay, that fits quite well. Um, so she's getting drunk and she's having a little dance in front of the guys. And the camera's just like yeah, shooting upwards towards her buttocks. It's, it's like, <laughs> let's pause the plot of the film for a couple of minutes just so we can admire this woman's beautiful toned backside in his hot pants. What does that add to it? Oh, uh, how do we make money? I know. Sex sells. Yeah, sex sells. We don't need a plot. We just get all these pretty women, all these pretty guys, but all the women, somehow we find excuses to get their breasts out. Like, oh, I'm going to go water skiing. How do I do that? I know, I go topless. But I can't possibly water ski because every time my crutch gets wet, my legs spread open. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see how women can enjoy this film. I mean, can you enjoy this film? How women were just objectified all the time? No. And do you know what? It makes me appreciate films like Halloween... That bit more, you know, they're they're um, shown in a realistic way in Halloween, aren't they? Well, I didn't. It think, just makes me annoyed. I didn't think they're portrayed in a realistic way, but then when you see film like this, yeah, yeah, then you admire it a bit more. Exactly. Yeah, I just I don't understand the reason why you need loads of tit shots, and especially when the um, the woman that's gone water skiing, waterboarding, or whatever it's called. Um, she gets killed off, doesn't she? Oh, but you've got to get that last oh, yeah. tit shot in there. Yeah, so she's in the water. Stabbed bo- in the head. Yeah. Jason lifts up her body. Hey, there's some wet titties. And now you don't see her for the rest of the film. Yeah, but you have to get that last shot in there. Yeah, you got to get that in, of course. What did that add? <laughs> and if, it, if he wasn't keeping Whitney hostage, I would consider Jason the victim in this movie. He's perfectly content, dwelling on his little patch of land. He keeps to himself... His neighbours respect his privacy. He's doing what we all should be doing more and living off the land, Mm -hmm. hunting, foraging, 
adapting to a more sustainable lifestyle. Everything would be perfect except for these loud, disrespectful, city-dwelling fucktards keep on disturbing the peace as they treat Crystal Lake like it's spring break at Miami. You bunch of selfish, narcissistic fucks. This isn't your own personal playground. Maybe you should consider the feelings of the locals who actually live round these parts. Okay, then. <laughs> Rant over. Yeah. It's good to get things out every once in a while, isn't it? No, I feel so much released now. Okay. So let's let's talk about a little bit more about Dean. Oh, um, of course. So... Yeah, of course. He's my favourite character in this, even though that's not actually his character's name, but that's what I'm calling him. Um, I love Kimmel Girls. What? Uh, so, yeah, so Dean's going around knocking from door to door, and, of course, then Jenna appears, you know, the super nice one out of the group, and she definitely wants a bit of Dean. Oh, yeah. And then Dirty Blonde wants a bit of Dean as well. Yeah, but well, Dirty Blonde wants a bit of everyone, doesn't she? Of course she does. Yeah, so then Jenna, <laughs> like, she just goes off on the back of um, Dean's bike. Of course, you would. You've just met this guy. I know he's, like, he's got really long hair and he's really tall and really attractive. I am kind of just describing you, though, James, just also, because you've got longer hair at the moment, haven't you? Yes, because <laughs> you've been loving my lockdown hair. I have indeed. Um, anyway, back to the film. So, one question for you. Go on. Why is Jason, like, super strong? Like, he's almost got <laughs> superpower strength. Do you know what I mean? And he's, like, built like a tank. Well, I could ask you, why is Michael Myers super strong and can drive? <laughs> I think it's part of the slasher credentials. I guess more plausible this time around that Jason, he's all alone. He's living off the land. Maybe he's doing like pull-ups on tree branches and he's doing push-ups. He's doing his squats. Maybe he's just... If you... Sorry. Sorry to interrupt that thought process, but if you were realistically like living off the land, you don't have a TV, you don't have like any internet or anything... Where did he learn all these, like, squats and exercise tips? Did he have, like, a exercise book lying around? Or maybe he just wanders into town and, like, looks into people's, like, windows and checks out the TV or something. And watches them exercise. Yeah. Maybe, like, oh, okay. steal, steals copies of Men's Health off of um, <laughs> newsagent's shelves. I don't know. Um, when we find out that Whitney's alive, that is, like, a twist in the storyline for me. Because... I thought, like, okay, she can't be alive, but then her brother's looking for her, so maybe she is alive, and then she's down in the underground bunker place. Jason's put the necklace on because she looks similar to his mum. He's a big old mummy's boy. Yeah. But then Whitney becomes the final girl, doesn't she, later on? After kicking him in the head a few times. Well, Jen had to be killed off first, all of a sudden. Yeah, sorry, Jen. She's a final girl, but did she earn it? Because we followed... Hey, Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. We followed Jenna for the majority of the film. But maybe they're throwing off off, off scent. Well, yeah, maybe <laughs> Maybe they throw off a scent by killing off your favourite, Dean. Wouldn't see that coming. Oh, they can't do that. 
No, even I think uh, even Jason had a bit of a crush on him because he didn't even kill him when he had oh, the chance. Yeah. So when um, you just want to smack when, the beauty out of him. Yeah. <laughs> so when um, yeah, so Jenna, Dean, and Whitney—they're all trying to escape, aren't they? And there's this like bus or something that they're trying to escape through. Yeah. Did Jason kill a busload of people as well? Maybe, or it could have come from like the camp, couldn't it? Oh yeah, good point. Um. But yeah, so at that point, Jenna gets killed off. Bye. Sorry. I'm expecting one of them to just get, like, dragged out by the feet. That's what I thought was going to happen to Jenna, but she just gets stabbed instead. Dean just gets knocked about on the top of the bus. It's just, like, smashing his head against the glass. So you're like, okay, well, obviously He's like, you're Dean such a beautiful <laughs> man. Why can I be beautiful? I'm frog boy. I hate you. <laughs> frog boy. That's what they call him. Oh, right, okay. Oh, and I'm going to, like, rewind a little bit. One of my favourite bits was when the black guy arms himself with a wok as a shield. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, inventive. No one, no one else have I ever seen in the horror film when they're going after a killer actually gets a shield they just they get a little flimsy knife or like a bat or something but he's like no full-on warrior here's a wok gets a um fire poker but then obviously he drops the uh, drops the wok <laughs> i think he just puts it down <laughs> yeah doesn't even get to use the damn thing i know but yeah well done well done on that one so then summarizing the end jason we then think well he's Killed now. Gets killed. The two siblings kill him off. Yeah, so he's been stabbed in the head. Oh no, he got stabbed in the chest. Oh okay, stabbed in the chest. He's getting strangled. Chomped. Yep, strangled. And like chomped yeah. on the head by the wood shredder thing. Yeah, the wood chipper is like hacking away at the back of his yeah. head. So then he gets dumped in the lake. How the fuck does he then jump out of the water? That cliché scare jump at the end. Of course you've got to have the cliché final jump scare because this film is completely built on (laughs) clichés. But the reason they do it in this film because they assume you've got previous knowledge of the franchise that this whole film is based on. Which I don't. Exactly. We're seeing it through the eyes of a novice. (laughs) In Friday the 13th Part 4... Jason is finally killed. In part five, it's another killer. Part six, Jason is then brought back to life with a lightning bolt. And from that point on, Jason is an undead killing machine. What? So I guess they're trying to say is, ah, Jason can't be killed because now he's come back from the dead. Because for whatever reason, the magical healing powers of Crystal Lake... (laughs) Or something, I don't know. They tried to um, explain it in like Jason Goes to Hell where Jason is finally killed but then people get possessed by consuming his undying heart which then his evil soul in the form of some giant penis snake thing possesses people. (laughs) And then blah, 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 story continues and then in the Vori's house they find... The Book of the Dead from the Evil Dead franchise making a cameo. Okay. And the and the director, I think this is coming from my crappy memory banks, but 
Apparently the director wanted to suggest that the reason Jason comes back from the dead is because his mum used the Book of the Dead to bring him back to life and turn him into an undying deadite. Like, unofficial continuity, like linking it with the Evil Dead franchise. Okay, so I would have never have guessed that. Yeah, we wouldn't guessed any of that because some people go and see these films and they've never seen the films they're based on. But of course, you lazy fucks, you're trying to get a quick cash grab by trying to make a remake of a film which has an established audience. And you don't consider that you might get some new viewers who have no idea what the hell is going on. Like Sam. <laughs> yes, like me. And you've got some more ranting done. This um, is a film which needs ranting at. Yeah, you need to get it out of your system, don't you? It's... um. Pushing your buttons a little bit, this one, isn't it? I think we was both rolling our eyes watching this film. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of eye rolls. Even, like, the clichés. Even I'm, like, picking them out. Well, speaking of clichés, it's time to play the horror cliché drinking game. Word of warning, you will get smashed on this one. Listener discretion is advised. Playing this game while watching Friday the 13th will put you in a coma. (laughs) So here are the cliches. One moment. Okay, so James has got his list of cliches. I have got my list of cliches. So I want to play the game on how many I actually saw because horror cliches are new to me. So let's see how many I guessed. Yeah. Every time you see a cliche in this film, you do a shot and then you end the night with your stomach getting pumped. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> So how are we going to do? Should I just round off the cliches what I saw in this film or you just want to spitball them? Well, I think I should list mine out and then you can list all the other hundreds. Yeah. Okay. I only wrote down the ones <laughs> which I saw in this film. No, I know. I didn't miss out a lot. So first one was the jock. There's always a jock. Yeah. Yeah? Well, stereotypes. But is that not a cliche as well? Yeah, it's a cliche. Yeah. So the next one is the no phone signal. Correct. <laughs> Take a shot. Okay. We're not we're not actually drinking. No, we're not actually doing we're it not right drinking. now. No. We've been professional. Also trying to watch our weight. Yes. Because too much ice cream, too much treats. We got to aim to get our wedding bodies now. Oh yeah, yeah we do. Even though we don't have anything booked yet. Because it's probably way in the future. Because of lockdown and COVID, who knows when these things are happening. So let's go to my next guess of the cliche, and that is drugs. Yes, the use of drugs. Yeah, they're always just popping up. Well, entire characters in this film, their whole personality revolves around taking drugs. And then they get killed. Whilst high. Yes. (laughs) Um, okay, my next one is like lights going out. So we have a torch going out whilst they're in the woodland and then all of the lights go out in the house. Is that a cliche? Yes, it is. Ah, there we go. I got a few, didn't I? I think. Yep, I think that's all I got. So what else have we got, James? Well, here's the ones I wrote down which appear in this film. Women can't run without falling down. <laughs> 
And yes, okay. Well, that's obviously not true because I've done a half marathon and I didn't fall over once. No. And then we got the car never starts. Oh, yeah. And also the keys aren't yes. by the car or the bike. <laughs> Splitting up. What? Us? Or are you talking about characters? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the... No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're smarter. We know the rules. We know we're not in a movie. Oh, okay. The next. In- next. The inconsistent strength of the killer. Inconsistent? He's built like a tank and he's really strong. Where yeah. was he not strong? All of a sudden, Whitney can like kick him in the head and he falls back. Oh, yeah. But she's the final girl. She's got so much strength right at the end. I don't think she earned being the final girl, though, because oh, she okay. sat out most of the film. Is that not a cliche that... The final girl goes from some kind of really weak being and then gets all the strength right Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah? But sometimes, well, in better films, it's kind of earned over the course of the film. Oh, okay. Okay, next one. Adults are useless. Okay, then, next one. Yeah, I'm going to start rattling these off really quickly because I (laughs) really need to pee. Okay, so people are betrayed by one little sound... What? So, like, they're hiding and then their phone goes off or something oh, creaks. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Bad phone signal. <laughs> the dark basement. <laughs> Ignoring the elder's warning. The killer is invincible. Yep. Jump scares. Mm hmm. Everyone is an idiot. <laughs> Especially in this film. Yeah. Dropping or losing the keys. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. A creepy location. Mm-hmm. Murder in the bathroom. Wait, was there a murder in the bathroom in this one? Yeah, I think the dirty blonde got killed in the bathroom, didn't she? Oh, I thought she was in a bedroom. She got stabbed on a like a um, coat hanger or something. Was it deer horns? Deer horns. Coat hanger. And I went in the bathroom. Oh, no, I there's one point she was looking like behind the shower curtains and stuff like that. Yeah, but then I thought she went back into the bedroom. Oh, that's when I probably just switched off. Oh, is that it? Is that all the cliches? Is that all the cliches in this film? Oh, yeah, I, found, I, I found more. I found more. I found more. Of course. I found more. The police always arrive too late. Yep. Sex will get you killed. Hmm. Investigating in the dark. Running to hide upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Screaming for help in a secluded area. No guns. Until mm-hmm. we... Pulls out a gun once all his friends got killed. Nice one, Trent. Oh, he obviously didn't think it was serious before that, did he? And that's basically all the cliches you'll find in this film. I mean, that's quite a few. Right, you can't see James' face right now, but he doesn't look very happy. I mean, you you were the you were the one that picked this film, okay? Because you have to commemorate Friday the Thirteenth. Otherwise, <laughs> we have to wait. All the way into next year for the next Friday the 13th. Okay. Plus, this allows you now to appreciate good horror films. You won't take them for granted now, Sam. No, no, I won't. This and is I a... think you've got some um, crackers in store for me coming up, haven't you? Crackers? Yeah. Yes. But this one is a sobering experience. It's a good lesson to learn. So now you get to appreciate... Halloween for its quality now. Yeah. You'll never take it for granted again. No. I already said that I enjoyed Halloween. Um, 
And this one I did a lot of eye rolling to, so I honestly don't think I'd watch this one again. No, and nor would I, but I guess any listeners out there who enjoy, I don't know, tits? I mean, we all appreciate them. Yeah, we all, we all appreciate <laughs> breast, but you just fart. <laughs> it was my stomach. Oh. Okay, so that's kind of like Sam's review for the film. <laughs> my stomach making a fart noise. Yeah, making a fart noise. If you're a teenager who likes talking about nothing more than sex and wants to see a whole bunch of breasts, then this probably is a film for you. Whereas I'm, I think I'm going to go and watch Gilmore Girls. You know, I might actually join you. <laughs> It'd be a palate cleanser. Hello, after Dean. <laughs> or we could watch Supernatural. Yeah. Where he shares my name. And your muscles. <laughs> no, I'm <Excuse> joking. <laughs> so, That's a really weird thing to say. And on that bombshell, this was Scaring Sam. And I'm Sam. And I'm James. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScaringSamPod. And you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at gmail.com. Stay Stay. safe. Damn. (laughs) He was giving me eye contact. I thought he was ready. Eyes. Eyes. Nose. Tongue and gum. Teeth and lips. Lips and lips and gum. Stay safe out there tonight. We're not in Halloween anymore. No. It's a bit of a shame, really. It's a long, long wait for Christmas. Christmas! Oh, please don't ruin Christmas with a Christmas horror film. No, we're watching a Christmas horror film, but I've got a very good... Don't ruin Christmas. I'm not going to ruin it, but I've got a very good one in mind. Society.